Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for joining us. Democrats have their statewide ticket set for the November gubernatorial election. Yesterday, Gretchen Whitmer announced that Garland Gilchrist II of Detroit will be her running mate and choice for lieutenant governor. Gilchrist worked in the Duggan administration as Detroit's director of innovation and emerging technology and was the national campaign director for MoveOn.org from 2011 to 2014. He narrowly lost a bid to be Detroit City Clerk to incumbent Janice Winfrey and is currently director of the University of Michigan's new Center for Social Media Responsibility. He also managed Barack Obama's social media during his historic and successful run for president in 2008. Uh, Garland Gilchrist, welcome to Detroit Today. Stephen, thank you for having me. It's good to be back in Detroit today. Yes, and also with us is Gretchen Whitmer, the Democratic nominee for governor in 2018 here in Michigan. Gretchen, welcome back to Detroit Today. Always good to be with you, Stephen. Yeah. So um, let's start here. Uh, The chief criticism the GOP has of Garland as a pick is that he is too inexperienced to lead the executive office. Of course, the lieutenant governor is expected to be ready in case something happens and the governor is unable to serve his or her term. Uh, That person needs to be ready to step in. The GOP says uh, Garland does not clear that hurdle. Uh, Gretchen, let's start with you. Talk about why you think he does. Well, listen, you know, Stephen, when I was determining who I wanted to pick as a running mate, there were some really important qualities. Legislative experience was not at the top of the list. The top of the list is integrity. It is values. It's someone who shares my passion for Michigan, who cares about the kids and families of our state, and who knows how to solve problems. That's paramount. And Garland is top on all of those uh, important aspects to a, a great running mate. And I'm excited about this. You know, the GOP, of course, they're going to criticize everything. They're the opposition. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that have uh, for, controlled everything for the last eight years, and we still have communities that can't drink water, potholes that are ripping up our cars, and an education system that at one point in our state's history was the envy of the world, and now we're in the bottom ten in our country. If experience means you want a lieutenant governor who called teachers pigs on a floor debate, then the lion's shooty ticket is for you. Mm. But if experience means you want people who are committed to solving problems, to working with everyone who wants to be a part of fixing the issues that we face as a state, you know, Garland and I offer a real plan to get things done. And I couldn't be more proud and confident in my pick for a running mate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garland, talk about what it is in your background uh, that prepares you for this job. What are the things that you think stand out as particularly qualifying you uh, to be the LG? One of the most important things that we need to do is bring Michigan's government and its services into the 21st century. Michigan deserves a state government that is responsive to them. And I have experience building systems that work for people, whether it was my time as a software engineer at Microsoft helping grow the fastest growing business in Microsoft's history, SharePoint, to my time working as a community advocate, helping people to realize their values and using technologies to pull people into the political process, to working for city government in Detroit and helping restore trust in a government that people had lost over a generation by writing a policy and implementing a program to make it the most open and transparent 
an accountable uh, government in the state. And we've seen some real uh, outcomes from that about why the government can and must be more responsive. These are the things we need to do. You know, I'm excited to work alongside Gretchen because she has a fantastic uh, set of legislative experiences. And I want to compliment those by bringing a different set of sensibilities, new ideas, and fresh energy to this administration and to Lansing and to make sure that we're going forward thinking bigger about what this position is and what Michigan government can do for people. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk some about the fall campaign. Uh, Gretchen, you won the primary uh, a few weeks ago, uh, but you got fewer votes in Detroit than Sri Tanadar, who was actually the third place finisher. A lot of people say adding Garland to the ticket uh, may help with that. But, But I want you to talk a little about uh, how this will unfold over the next couple of months, what you need to do to convince Detroit voters and voters in uh, other uh, urban centers around the state that uh, that they need to show up and that they need to vote for you. Well, absolutely. You know, I think that um, having gotten in this race as early as I did, it gave me the chance again to all 83 counties. And I think that's important because everyone's important. We have serious issues that we got to tackle as a state. And while, you know, we are, we have got a robust effort in Detroit, we're going to keep working to grow that and to work with all the congressional uh, candidates that came out and, and ones who maybe didn't come out of the primary, who just want to make sure that we're successful, that we are setting the agenda. There are high stakes in this election. I you know, worked with Governor Snyder to deliver Medicaid expansion, and mm-hmm. 680,000 people in our state got health care because of it. Bill Schuette wants to rip that out of, you know, rip that away from people. There could be devastating consequences from this election, and I think it's on us to make sure people understand that and for us to do the grassroots work we need to do. But the platform is what fixes problems for Michiganders. And, you know, Garland and I are going to spend a lot of time in the communities across Michigan partnering with people like, you know, Mike Duggan, who uh, needs a partner in the governor's office and has been a phenomenal advisor and, and supporter of mine. And I'm going to be a great partner to him. But we win these races in the streets, and that's why we're on the doors. We're in the community. We're doing everything from rallies to getting into church to make sure we stay focused on issues that matter to people. Mm-hmm. You know, Stephen, a couple weeks ago I was at church in Flint, and a woman came up to me and rolled up her sleeve and showed me the rash on her arm. And mm-hmm. she said, people think that the problem in Flint has been fixed, and it hasn't. Mm-hmm. She'd taken a shower that morning before church, and her arm was broken up. She said she had four kids. She doesn't bathe them more than once a week because every time they get in the water, it, it, it does, they have a similar reaction. I mean, these are issues that, you know, whether it's transit or bringing down the cost of car insurance, we got to get to work solving problems for people, and that's what we offer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garland, uh, talk a little about uh, the relationship you have with Detroit voters, uh, as I said, you ran for city clerk last year, came really, really close to winning, but uh, Janice Winfrey got a few more votes than you did. Uh, how do you close the deal with uh, Detroiters uh, for this ticket and uh, talk specifically about their investment in someone like Sri Tanadar or Abdul El-Sayed, uh, the other uh, uh Democratic candidate who got a lot of votes here in the city. Uh, are, are those constituencies that you're confident you can make the case to? Well, we're gonna, I'm going to make I'm going to make it my priority to 
make sure that we're going and meeting voters where they are across the city of Detroit and in communities all across Michigan. So I'm going to be, yes, I'm going to be spending time in my hometown doing some similar things that I did during my city clerk campaign, which was going and meeting people in the street at community meetings, at neighborhood picnics, at churches all across the city. We're going to have an even greater effort to do that to make sure we can reach people where they are. And voters vote for candidates who are responsive to them and who they see. And, you know, we're going to be building on Gretchen's momentum in Detroit. She came in, she came in second place, and we're going to make sure that we deliver every single vote um, for the Democrats in Detroit this November. And I'm excited to work to do that. I've learned how to mobilize voters in my career at Move On and in my campaign, Detroit City Clerk, and it's only going to get bigger and better. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Gretchen Whitmer and Garland Gilchrist II. Uh, they are the Democratic team for governor now going into the fall campaign here in 2018. We're talking about Garland as a pick, and we're talking about how that campaign will shape up over the next couple of months. Uh, Gretchen, I want to talk a little about uh, a criticism that has been leveled at you by Bill Schuette, who is uh, your opposition in the fall. Uh, he, he compares you to Jennifer Granholm. Uh, he calls you Granholm 2.0, in fact. Uh, and I, I think, you know, there, there are some substantive comparisons that can be made because you're both uh, Democrats. But uh, the tone of that criticism seems to me to focus on the fact that you're both women. Um, and I, I, I want to just get your reaction to that. Uh, if you see it that way, if you see uh, what he's doing as, as sexist. <laughs> so you're picking up on that too, huh, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> just a little. <laughs> Listen. Listen, you know, uh, Bill Schuette seems to have some kind of sick obsession with Jennifer Granholm, and that's all he seems to talk about. I'm not running for governor to defend anyone else's record. I'm running for governor because our potholes are ripping up our cars and endangering our families. We're paying to fix our cars instead of paying to fix our roads. We've got too many communities that cannot drink their water. Bill Schuette was asleep at the wheel for over two and a half years while the people of Flint, their kids were brushing their teeth with water that had lead in it. Our schools used to be the envy of the world, and because of Betsy DeVos' you know, Bill's good buddy, Uh, We are now in the bottom 10 in our country, and we're failing generations of kids. I'm running for governor because I think we deserve better. And one of the things that I'm really proud of is that I, you know, as a leader in the legislature, crossed the aisle and worked with Governor Snyder, a man that I had my share of disagreements with, to be sure. But he embraced Obamacare. And he needed a partner because he couldn't get it done with just Republican votes alone. And I went to work. I rolled up my sleeves. I negotiated with him. We put the votes together. And that's one of the best things that's happened in this state. Bill Schuette wants to rip it all away from people. So I'm not going to get distracted by his superficial, you know, sexist barbs. I want to stay focused on the issues that matter to people. Garland and I offer a real vision and a strategic plan to getting it done. And and I think that's the kind of leadership we need in Michigan now more than ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Garland, if, uh, if you guys win in November, you would be the first African-American uh, elected to be lieutenant governor of the state. Uh, talk a little about the history that, uh, that lurks in the background of this ticket. 
I mean, that's uh, that's so significant. I mean, Gretchen will be obviously the second woman to be governor of the state of Michigan, mm-hmm. and I would be honored to you know follow in the footsteps of public service for uh, you know Richard Austin, who was the first uh, statewide elected official who was black, mm-hmm. and I, I'm I'm honored to step up into public service and learn from you know stand on the shoulders of giants like we do. And I believe that, you know, Michiganders and Detroiters, we are ready to see ourselves reflected in leadership and that for a government that responds to us. And I'm committed to bringing us all um, into a government that can work in the 21st century and that will be reflective of all of us and all of our values. You know, the, the, the future is very concrete to me, Stephen. I have a four-year-old twin son and daughter, and I want to make our government one that can create infrastructure and systems that they can trust, that creates opportunity so that when they finish college, they don't make the tough choice like I did, but they can stay in Michigan because they see an opportunity and a future here. That's what I want to build. That's what Gretchen wants to build. And that's the history we're going to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gretchen, I want to talk about just briefly about your roads plan, uh, which has been the focus of a lot of your campaign so far. Uh, fix the damn roads, right, uh, is, is a slogan you've, you've picked up. Um, this, this idea that we can do it by bonding, uh, which would give us a lot of one-time cash, uh, to fix the roads, rather than by identifying an ongoing revenue source in order to make sure that we maintain our roads so they don't get in uh, such bad condition. Uh, have you considered the drawbacks of, of, of that plan, this idea of, of borrowing the money, uh, as opposed to trying to raise revenues in order to do better? Well, I appreciate the question. And anyone who, um, you know, takes a minute and checks out the plan, I worked with, um, you know, experts to make sure we've got a thoughtful plan that actually fixes the problem. Um, in my plan, my my commitment is to write a budget that raises $2 billion for our roads and leverages another billion from the federal government. Mm-hmm. My backup, if I can't get the legislature, if they're too weak to cast those votes, mm-hmm. user fees, things that I have voted on during my time in the legislature, um, if they're too weak to cast those votes, then the backup plan is to go straight to the people and bond for it. Mm-hmm. So it's not the, the, the opening salvo, but it is a legitimate backup if the legislature won't do it the right way. And so I am committed to solving this problem. Right now, you know, metropolitan Detroiters pay over $800 a year to fix their cars. Mm -hmm. Drivers across the state of Michigan, uh, outside of metropolitan Detroit, pay over $500 a year to fix their cars. And not one penny of it is going to improving the roads. In fact, they continue to deteriorate at a rapid pace when we don't fix them. So this bill is going to get more and more expensive. It hampers our ability to draw investment into Michigan. And, you know, Stephen, we are the mobility um, center of the world. We need to maintain that edge. But if our roads are crumbling and we've got, you know, half a million people in our state don't have ability to access the Internet, we're never going to maintain that edge. And that's why this investment is so important to safety today and to our ability to compete tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, And I guess my question was predicated on the assumption that not much will change in the legislature. I mean, they've had lots of opportunities to to do this in the way that would would fix it. But 
if you're going to go to the people, if the legislature won't do it, why not go to the people to try to maybe raise the sales tax, for instance, uh, which they could do uh, on their own um, to, to, to make sure that we have enough money for roads or to, to identify other permanent revenue sources? I guess the, the, the question really is about this idea of one-time money and whether it gets us much further than where we are. Yeah, I hear you, Stephen. You know, one of the things that I recognize is that the environment could change a great deal between now and when I write my first budget. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was record turnout for Democrats in the primary election. Mm -hmm. We won all 83 counties. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, we have a huge opportunity here. And a lot of uh, what is is feasible, whether it's through the legislature or around them, uh, could change a bit. And that's why I wanted to put a, le- a really thought out plan on the table. Sure. But certainly my commitment to solving this is is the most important aspect of it. And if there is a, um, a another alternative that, that maybe there's a, a, an improvement that can be made and we can build a coalition around it and make it a reality, I'm, I'm certainly interested in it. Okay. All right. Gretchen Whitmer and Garland Gilchrist, the Democratic team for the gubernatorial race here in 2018 in Michigan. Thanks very much for being with us on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, we'll talk with you Thanks soon. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Up next, we're going to speak with Crane's Detroit Business senior reporter Chad Livengood about the Democratic ticket. Also, don't forget, if you miss any of today's conversation, you don't have to miss out. Go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. We just heard from Gretchen Whitmer and Garland Gilchrist, who are the Democratic team for the gubernatorial race here in Michigan in 2018. We heard about the pick of Garland Gilchrist as the lieutenant governor candidate. We talked about their their plans for the fall campaign and uh, some of what they might do if they are elected. We want to continue the conversation here and we want to hear from you about what you think about this pick of Garland Gilchrist as a lieutenant governor for the Democratic side. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put comments there or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today. And we'll work you into the conversation. And joining us now to talk a little more about the Democratic side of this governor's race is Chad Livengood. He is a senior reporter at Crane's Detroit Business. Chad was one of the first people that I can remember suggesting that Garland Gilchrist II would be a likely or good pick for Gretchen Whitmer should she win the primary. Chad, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks, Stephen. Yeah, we'll start calling you Nostradamus, right? <laughs> uh, so, so as I said, you were the one of the first people that I saw to really point this out, the, the sort of uh, obvious advantages that Garland Gilchrist would bring to the Democratic ticket if Gretchen Whitmer were to be the nominee. Uh, I, I want you to talk now about your reaction to the pick. Does he help her? Does he help where it matters uh, particularly in the city of Detroit, where she lost to the third place finisher, Sri Tanadar. Sri Tanadar. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it does help. Uh, he uh, he built a little grassroots uh, army last year uh, in trying to topple a city court, uh, you know, and basically going up against the unions and the you know the establishment that was uh, was sort of behind uh, uh, Janice Winfrey. Um, came pretty close, and he took a lot of people by surprise. Um, and so that's why I, yeah, I picked up on April that his name was being seriously bandied about. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, one source said he's the guy. He's he, and and what kind of struck me is he's got this, he's got this interesting, and I called it a true Detroit comeback story. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense that he left the city um, at a young age. Uh, his parents, um, middle class African Americans, just like others, uh, their generation led the city for better opportunity in schools mm-hmm. um, and went to Farmington Hills and he grew up uh, in, in the suburbs and then went to University of Michigan, had a computer science and computer engineering degree. Um, and like a lot of people um, of his generation, of, of my generation, uh, left the city and left the state and um, and went to work in Seattle, uh, you know, sort of part of the brain drain. Um, but then, you know, nine years later, found his way back to the city. So um, in, in many regards, he represents a, a you know, a, a generation of people who are looking to to really fix the state uh, and think about and, and uh, really not short, you know, short term political thoughts, but long term, you know, solve long term problems. So in and, and Whitmer, you know, she's one of her big, uh, you know, uh, resume assets here is that, you know, she's been in the legislature yesterday uh, when, when sort of asked about Garland's inexperience uh, by Tim Skubik uh, up at, at the press conference in Lansing. She shot Tim back a remark saying, Tim, I got more experience than the last two uh, governors combined um, <laughs> in that uh, she's been she's been in the legislature and, and Jennifer Granholm and, and Rick Snyder, who have struggled at many times uh, with with the legislature. Um, so she, so she's, you know, obviously she talked about that as well here in, in her interview. So mm-hmm. that, that they're trying to balance that out, and at the same time, um, they they had to they had to bring some some type of um, gender balance uh, uh, to the ticket uh, because you know, the rest of the ticket is all women, mm-hmm. um, and there was definitely a scene after after Dana Nessel defeated uh, 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 Pat Miles at the. Um, Democratic endorsement convention back in April, um, and and in Pabby and an African American uh, former U.S. attorney, they you know there was definitely a a decision made at the time that they had to find a male counterpart to to add uh, balance the ticket and and they needed to have an African American uh, to also uh, balance out uh, and 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 help uh, drum up uh, uh, black voters not just in Detroit but also in the suburbs. I mean we kind of forget that one in five. Uh, or excuse me, one in eight um, uh, residents of Oakland County is African American. Right. So he he brings a lot of uh, other uh, importance uh, to this race, and at the same time, he's got this technocrat uh, background, um, and that that also could be uh, seen as an advantage to some. Yeah. Uh, talk about the difference between the choice of Garland Gilchrist and. A few of the other possibilities here. One, Abdul Al Sayed, who was someone that I thought after the Mackinac debate, where he seemed really on his game and really to be cementing this progressive movement that he was trying to put together. What's the difference between choosing Garland and choosing Abdul in in terms of strategy? You know, um, in terms of their 
philosophical ideology, there's not much difference between those two men. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they, uh, Garland worked on trying on trying to advocate for single payer healthcare at mm-hmm. uh, MoveOn.org, and 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 Abdul made this you know sort of his marquee issue. Um, I know a lot of people will thought, yeah, this will be a dream ticket if Abdul would just uh, would, would would join forces, but that was not going to happen, um, and because. The blood got a little little bad there in that primary in the final weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean, seven days out, he or you know, five days out, he accused her of money laundering, yes. um, and then she, and then her campaign shot back with some some evidence that uh, his people were, were were shuffling money between committees to obscure the uh, source. So, um, so I mean, it, it just it, the, the the barbs there, I, and he's you know I think there was also a per, there was definitely a personality um, uh, issue. I mean, when you're when you're selecting the, your running mate, you've got to be able to trust this person is going to kind of fall in line. Uh, and and, and if it's it's not the, the um, I mean everyone thinks well I'll go back to the you know Barack Obama Joe Biden dynamic, and that that was completely different and, and not 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 easily replicated. Um, so, uh, you know, Abdul just wasn't, uh, in the mix. He wasn't, uh, he was, he was not being vetted. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, her committee, of, uh, that was, was working on this, Warren Evans, Wayne County Executive, Mark Bernstein, the, the trial attorney, uh, Barb McQuay, the former U.S. attorney, and, um, yeah, they, they, they were, you know, they were out looking at, um, legislators and, and Garland. And then, and, and it seemed that everyone kind of kept going back to Garland, sounds mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Uh, on Twitter, Deandra says, they have a lot of work to do. Historically, Detroiters don't vote. What will they do differently? Gretchen Whitmer is not innovative enough. Let's hope Garland is. Walter on Twitter says Gretchen's voting record is not unlike that of establishment Republicans. Uh, may, maybe Garland's selection is a signal that bit more a bit more loot will get spread in neighborhoods. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Adele in Dearborn. Adele, welcome to Detroit Today. Hi, Stephen. Thanks hey. for taking my call. Sure. I also wanted to talk about Gretchen Whitmer's stance on on single-payer health care mm-hmm. and wanted to ask how maybe her relationship with the Blue Cross Blue Shield CEO uh, affects her negative stance against single-payer. Hmm. It's great that she, you know, advocated for a Medicaid expansion and 600,000 more people got signed on, but, you know, Obamacare was still extremely lacking because it just helped private insurance companies more and I wonder, you know, she says, oh, well, we don't want private insurance companies to go out of business. But isn't that prioritizing people's ability to profit off of our sickness over hmm. people actually having health insurance? Yeah. Thanks. A great question, Adele. Thanks for the call. Chad, alive and good. Talk about Whitmer's voting record when it comes to medical insurance issues. Her dad, Dick Whitmer, of course, was the CEO of Blue Cross. There's no, there's no mystery about that. But that's her dad. That's not her. Uh, how has she sort of carved her own position in this uh, in this space? Yeah, I mean, in the legislature, it's interesting to talk about uh, you know Gretchen uh, Wimber's voting record. Um, uh, three or four years ago, if you had to ask who's the most liberal member of the of the state senate, um, 
Gretchen Whitmer would have been one or two or three, and and, and I think in many ways she's been ranked that uh, mm-hmm. uh, near the near the top because based on her voting record. But you know there hasn't been many insurance votes out there. Uh, obviously, uh, there was a vote to to let Blue Cross become a mutualized insurance company a few years ago, but that was that got a bipartisan support. Uh, it was pushed by uh, Governor Snyder, and it was basically you know the the, the organization, the company Blue Cross had to adopt uh, adapt to. Uh, the changing environment uh, caused by Obamacare, so they could they could basically be, uh, sell these uh, uh, insurance par- uh, products on, on the private market uh, as part of the Affordable Care Act. But um, you know, this is one of the dynamics of that of that primary that I think still lingers. Mm-hmm. Is that that pe- there's some Democrats who don't trust her uh, to that because of the of that relationship, because, going back to her father being the CEO. And he's been gone for 12 years now. Uh, but uh, and then the, the, the fact that the company had a fundraiser for her in Greektown and, mm-hmm. and did and did a few other things. They also gave money to Bill Schuette. Mm-hmm. I mean, Blue Cross Blue Shield uh, gives money to both sides. They spread uh, it around. They, that's for sure. They right? spread it around like some of the other big uh, corporations they, with their packs. They uh, they 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 give money to both sides intentionally uh, and strategically. Um, and so. You know how she navigates that, and and but you know, interesting. Yes, yesterday, um, Garland Gilchrist said, um, you know, almost speaking for the ticket. Um, you know, we support uh, single payer at the federal level, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and 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 Gretchen has said that it's just not uh, feasible. Uh, it's, or she's called it unrealistic uh, to to implement a, a state level single payer insurance system without having some kind of federal guidance, approval, and money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that being the big part. Uh, and you talk, and that, that's something that you know, people don't really quite always uh, consider is, is the cost of these things. Um, and, and that will you know, play into, um, and into this debate, especially because uh, that's something that the candidates aren't talking about yet. The general fund of the state of Michigan is barely getting by every year. Yes. Um, the school aid fund has been growing because of the sales tax, because of the economy, but the general fund is getting more and more taxed, especially as the legislature continues to raid it mm-hmm. uh, to mm-hmm. to fund roads instead of, of, of paying for roads through user fees and taxes like we traditionally have. Yeah. Uh, Chad, before I let you go, I want to ask you about uh, Garland Gilchrist and how he might play out state. Uh, as I d- discussed with him, he would be the first African-American lieutenant governor that we've had here in the state of Michigan uh, following Richard Austin, really, as the only other African-American elected to statewide office. Is there a concern among Democrats that uh, his his being African-American might not help them in, in some places? You know, you get kind of mixed res, uh, responses about that. I mean, just one, Abdul al-Sayed and, um, had a lot of interesting little pockets of support all across the state, and it kind of suggested that, you know, to, to some that, you know, they ain't, they ain't as racist out uh, state as, as we sort of presume it is. Uh, I mean, I saw uh, Abdul Al Sayed uh, yard signs in Beulah, uh, in Manistee County, uh, this summer. I mean, so it, so whether Garland can and can get out and introduce himself and and, and get to recognized um, and build some some following. Uh, that remains to be seen, and whether that's that's played into a factor. Again, also, 
most people vote for the top of the ticket. They don't necessarily focus on uh, on who the lieutenant governor is, um, and and so I think they'll you know they'll they'll definitely <clears throat> go back to you know the keeping the focus. Of, this is Gretchen Whitmer versus Bill Shooty. Yeah. Chad Livengood, senior reporter at Crane's Detroit Business. Always great to hear from you here on Detroit Today. Thanks, Stephen. Up next, it's Black Restaurant Week here in Metro Detroit. We're going to talk with the founder of Black Restaurant Week about his crusade to make sure all restaurants are recognized in Detroit. Also, remember, tonight at 6.30 at the Gross Point War Memorial, we are going to continue our Detroit Today book club discussions, talking about the book Evicted. Uh, we're going to talk about poverty and race as they pertain to eviction and housing insecurity tonight at uh, the Gross Point War Memorial. So join us there, or if you want to find out more about our book club, go to WDET.org and get the info there. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Thank you.